episode 328 for September 2014. And if you're a fan of this podcast and the website, I'd appreciate your support. You can log on to the front page at spidermancrawlspace.com and look for a button on the right-hand side that says support this site via PayPal. And you can ensure that more episodes come out and more updates happen to the front page. A couple of people have told me that they've set up recurring payments and they've said that uh, this website's worth at least one comic book a month. I have several, actually I have a couple <laughs> people that uh, set up a recurring payment of $3.99 each month. So if you'd like to do that again, go to the front page of the SpidermanCrawlspace.com, look for the button that says support this site via PayPal and you can help us pay the bills and the bandwidth costs. All right, on with the show. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our Spider Satellite section with George. We've got a lot of books to review this month. What's George? this wee shit? We, <laughs> it's, well, like we were talking about, I had a lot to review last month with like the 100th anniversary of Spider-Man or whatever. This month we've got 11 books. We, I only have to review three of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have 11 books. You have a lot. Uh, Let's go over the books we're going to talk about. We've got Superior. Well, actually, I'll read what I'm going to read. Uh, review and you read what you're going to review. I've got the awful all-new Ultimates number six and seven, and the awesome Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man number four. What do you got, sir? I have uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. That's good. Guardians of the Galaxy, or as I wrote this down in haste, Gardanes <laughs> of the Galaxy seventeen and eighteen. Uh, yeah. Spidey twenty ninety nine uh, number two and three, and New Warriors number eight. We aren't going to forget 2099 uh, like we did last not month. Not this We've, time, no. Not when it's that damn good. We've got it on the uh, list. We're going to start with uh, Peter David's book, number uh, two. Uh, take me through that one, George. All right. Uh, well, in uh, the second issue of Spidey 2099 uh, by Peter David and Will Slaney, Miguel laments his trip to the bank being interrupted by bank robbers and makes short work of them before evading the cops. Later, he tries to say thanks to his building superintendent, Tempest. That's the chick with the uh, with the purple hair. Right. By bringing her flowers. Unfortunately, his observational skills sabotage his overtures as he questions her about the medical bills she's left laying out on the table. Immediately afterward, he is confronted by his boss, Alchemex CEO Liz Allen, who accuses him of being Spider-Man 2099. Well, really, just Spider-Man. No right. one, no one calls him Spider-Man 2099. Right. As Liz details the clues that have led her to deduce that Miguel is Spider-Man, well, one of them anyway, she is suddenly distracted when Miggy has Lila change his costumes in a futuristic outfit. Yeah. <clears throat> he explains that he's from 2099 and that he's currently trapped in her timeline, which is the Marvel uh, Earth 616 timeline, and that he must save his horrible, no good, very bad grandfather, Tiberius Stone. <laughs> One lip lock and an awkward exit later, Tempest enters his apartment to explain that uh, she has a rare form of leukemia. What's up with the Liz Allen kiss, by the way? I didn't really get I that. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but Liz Allen is yeah. cray-cray. <laughs> I mean, she's not Gwen Stacy cray-cray. Or Betty Brant cray-cray, but uh, she, she's a bit she, – she married an Osborne. But Liz Allen, Liz Allen cray-cray, Brad. Liz cray-cray. <laughs> She, she's she's a moment from going to the police or bu uh, uh, telling his secret to, oh, let's get it on. <laughs> you know who she's kind of starting to remind me of? Who's that? You didn't watch – well, you didn't watch True Blood. Yeah, I did. did? I watched all of them. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. She's, yep. She reminds me of um, – no, nah, I can't remember. The actress is Anna Camp. She's hot. She played uh, Newland, Sarah Newland. 
Oh, she's yeah, starting yeah, yeah. to remind me of Sarah Newland from Pitch Perfect. Yeah, because yes. every time I watch that, I'm like Sarah Newland, Cray Cray, and now I'm starting to be like Liz Allen, Cray Cray. <laughs> you know, and I pointed out uh, when I re- basically for those of you who read my review of this because I reviewed it for the front page, I just read the summation that I already wrote. That's why it <laughs> sounded like I was reading what was written because I, I in fact was. Right. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> um, no, and that I pointed out, you know, that when he says, "Hey, I'm not Spider-Man. I'm a visitor from the future, and here's my future clothes," Liz doesn't miss a beat. Liz isn't phased, and I was thinking that some people who hadn't read, you know, twenty ninety nine before, or weren't used to maybe Peter mm-hmm. David's writing, or you know, maybe some people would look at that and say, "Wait a minute, it's as bad writing for her, you know, to not freak out." And so I even wrote that in review. I was like, "This makes sense for Liz. Liz's right. brother is a is a quasi supervillain. Yep. She married a supervillain. Her father in law is a supervillain. Liz has yep. seen some shit, <laughs> right?" Maybe she's just happy to see a hero. So for, that's why she's kissing. Well, she's him. probably just glad he's not goblin related. You know, I mean, she's yeah, like, "That's true." Oh, thank that's you. True. No time travel, I can handle. Just tell me you don't right. have anything wearing, you know, like anything green, right? Because <laughs> it's not easy, right? Uh, what's what's some pros from the issue? What do you like? Everything. There, yeah, there you is, go. I mean, the artwork's really good. Peter, da- it's Peter David writing Spider Man. Yep. If that doesn't grab you and make you buy that in the comic shop. Then I then what will I mean it's 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 a master writing one of the best characters of all time, mm-hmm. and and I mean he's done this twice before. Peter David has proven on more than one occasion that he can write Spider Man or a Spider related title and do it well. Yep. You know, just you know, keep your editorial hands off. Let the man do his work. Any cons, sir? No, I didn't have one. Da- <laughs> I, I don't. Ha- I haven't had a single damn con from any of this. Have you? Well, uh, just the uh, the kiss seemed a little out of left field, but you know. Well, I, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just it it came out of nowhere. But at the same time, I mean, it fits with Peter David's writing style. If you read Captain Marvel, I did. This this was Tuesday for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, everybody was kissing everybody in that book. By the way, I miss Rick and Marlo. I, I wish Rick and Marlo and Rip and uh, Rip, Rick and Rip, Rip, Rick and Guinness. You know, and I, who I think is dead now. The who? Who are you talking Captain about? Captain Marvel, Guinnessville. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. He died in the Thunderbolts. Remember the actual superhero part of the book, Brad? <laughs> well, I never, I forgot his real name, but Captain Marvel. <clears throat> Or Genesis, or however you say his name. Genesis, yeah. There you go. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I missed that book. Remember, you know, you had uh, Moon Dragon in there for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I yep. mean, that's it's that same magic back. I mean, Peter David will will build a cast. I mean, look yep. at what he did back with X Factor back in the day. Look at the, what he did back with the Hulk back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that just just let him it, let him go. He's uh, building he's building blocks. He's putting building blocks around the main. He's already doing it here. You know, we got that superintendent who we just found out is terminally ill. Right. Suddenly, Liz is all up in his mix. As as I'm going to talk about in, in the all new Ultimates upcoming, when I'm going to review that that that's something Peter David does well. This is something Mister Fife is not doing well. He's just throwing random people in a book that you really don't care well, about. Not, Peter David slowly putting chess pieces. This is why you should care about this. Peter one. David's this is, characters yeah. are are relatable, and yep. they're human. Yeah, you know they are not perfect. They have flaws. They are interesting. Okay. That's. Uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of writers, I think, will just put a character in there and expect people to be interested just because they put them in there. Correct. Bendis does this a lot. <laughs> but Peter David will give you reasons to either like 
or dislike a character and do it with, with grace and skill, like a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Like a surgeon, Brad. There you go. Uh, great on the book, Oh, that was A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's do issue number three. All right. I just read it. <laughs> yeah, right, while well, I was trying to get on Skype. <laughs> just read it, so yeah. All right, so uh, Spidey uh, 2099, number three, again by Peter David and Will Sliney. Liz makes it clear to Miguel that he works for Alchemex and that she expects him to follow uh, her orders, which means Miggy must go to Transabal with Tiberius, again, his bastard grandfather, <laughs> to sell spider slayers to a Middle East warlord to use against the rebels. Uh, so they're going to Transabal. Brad, where was the first time we ever heard of Transabal? <laughs> You got me. Hulk, th- Hulk 390, written by Peter, Peter David. David. <laughs> <laughs> it was when they trounced the ball. What, what, what happened in that? Uh, in the Hulk That's when they had the Hulk and the X-Factor crossover. Oh, good grief. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Take me back. So, uh, so they're going over there to sell spider slayers to a Middle East warlord so he can use against the rebels in his country. You know, nothing bad can come from that. Yeah, that's just called Thursday. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so during their initial meeting with Jalhafa Don, that's, uh, that's, this, that's the name of the warlord, Miggy actually get grazed in the head with a bullet, and Tiberius is kidnapped by the rebels. Uh, while the rebel leader, Musaret, which is like a, I don't know, kind of a middle-aged gal, uh, she tries to deal with Stone to end the Spider Slayer sale. Well, try, try to say that. Spider Slayer stays. Yeah, I'm out. Exactly. First time out. <laughs> so uh, while that's happening, Spidey 2099 tracks uh, them uh, to uh, to the Rebel hideout through through the capital city of Jaffan. And, and you know, and while you've got the obligatory social comments, oh, I can't believe people live like this. This is horrible. Yada yada. And um, then eventually he catches up to Tiberius and the Rebels right as we have a surprise reappearance of a Spidey villain. The scorpion jumps in. And, of course... Looking, looking funky, by the way. Uh, he, I don't know what it is with Marvel. The scorpion can't look like the scorpion anymore. It's forbidden, apparently. Yeah. He's out. They've always got to have... I, I don't know. Is it a variant figure thing? Is it something... It sells action figures, I guess. Is, 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 uh, it just doesn't look like Max. Is Dynamic Forces or somebody going to make a special variant scorpion <laughs> figure that'll cost 50 bucks? Is that why this was thrown in? <laughs> Because uh, the last time we saw him was uh, in uh, Amazing with uh, the Spider Slayer storyline. Yeah. But I don't think he looked like this. But I mean, it's just an artist interpretation. Well, he's but. back now at the end, when he, and he's got an army of Spider Slayers backing him up. Because it turns yep. out Alchemax actually sent Scorpion over there to mm-hmm. work with the Rebels and learning how to use the Spider Slayers. Yeah. So... We have that to look forward to next. We we have actually a little bit of action initially between Scorpion and uh, and Spider Man. Of course, Scorpion thinks it's Spider Man, and Spider Man's like, who you know, WTF? Who are you? <laughs> you know, because he has no frame of reference for the Scorpion. He's like, what? Yeah. So, uh, but no, I give this one an A. This is another. Yeah. And and I tell you, um, and I don't know how the sales have been on this book. The first one did really good, like a hundred thousand. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. I hope, that, but it had a bunch of variants with it, so I, it'll be interesting to see where issue number two, what the retailers are doing with number two and number three. I hope it keeps up because this is yeah. it's a great book, exponentially better than anything happening in Amazing. 
It, I, I just like the, the one of my biggest pros out of the issue is the dialogue. Uh, one, one dialogue I just thought of with the issue number two that we didn't mention is I like uh, the out-of-time references that Miggy's doing. Like, you want some water? Here's some Avion. What's Avion? Water has names in the in the past? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, was, when Liz asked him. Uh, that was a cute cute little tell me, line. At least tell me the Cubs win the World Series. And he's like, what's the World Series? <laughs> what's the World Series? I, just dialogue like that, I think. And Liz is like, damn it. <laughs> it, Peter David is well known for his humor, and, and it uh, it it's just, it comes through. He's having fun writing this. You can tell. Oh yeah, you can tell he's having a blast writing this. Yep. So great, great book. Highly recommended. Please don't let it get canceled. <laughs> Lord God, there's there's no justice. If if amazing keeps going, yeah. But this gets canceled. That I'm, that's it. I'm I'm leaving the planet, dog. <laughs> you know, I, I you know, and it's it's it. I don't know. It makes me. I understand why it can't be. I mean, I, because I look at this and I look at what's happening in Amazing and how quickly Amazing fell in quality from the end of Superior. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking, how come Peter David can't just write this? But I know why Peter can't David write the, or why Peter David can't write Amazing is because Peter David doesn't have any goddamn interest for the unending cycle of events. You know what I mean? So they're like, Peter David's going to build things up and say, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. And then they'll be like, oh, well, we have to pause here because he's – we have to have the Avengers in here because of original sin. And he's going to be like, you know, for fuck's sake, get off my back. <laughs> all right. Uh, any cons out of that book? No. I, no. no I, all, all pros out of you. I, I guess I'm – I don't – you know, maybe, maybe it's the lenses I'm looking through on these titles. But I, it's like I'm yeah. so happy. Yeah, I guess the only con out of me is it. it I, I I like him in the city. I, I don't like him in a, in the far east or something. I just that just took me out of it just a little bit. But, I mean, and the look of the uh, the scorpion was a little bit of a con for me. But still, I'd give it an A. Also, I, I'm with you on that. Well, and you know, here's the thing to ponder: mm-hmm. is if they keep if they wind up keeping him around. What in the in the six one six? Yeah, if he makes it past twelve and then gets rebooted at fifteen. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be redundant to have two Spider-Men in, in New York City. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. Yeah, and not that I think that would stop Marvel because I don't think Marvel cares. But yeah. it may be, you know, for other people who are actually reading and caring about the quality of the story, they're going to be like, "Well, that's that's weird. Just l- just let it go. I mean, I, I just leave them there. It's fine. I, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I, the the thing I like about it is it, it's a new take on this character that we read in the nineties. You know, well, we're, we're getting more. He's get, he, it's able to flesh him out more. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think in ways that he couldn't. That maybe he even couldn't do back in the nineties. Because uh, you know, when he wrote Spider Man twenty ninety nine, the the first uh, volume, the first run, he he was. I mean, he was he was prolific back then. He was you know he was a popular writer and everybody loved him. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't gotten to the point where he was like like in, even in the two thousands where it was like pretty much like hey, whatever you want to do. Yeah, you know so. Also, with the original 90s, Spider-Man 29 was crossing over with everything, with Doom, with uh, the X-Men, yeah. with Punisher. Uh, there were so many storylines in 2099. <clears throat> always involved. What's in interesting, Brad, is that, you know, because yeah. we just talked about how uh, the Ultimate Universe, it, it mm-hmm. seems like it's just being perpetuated because of Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. and everything else is bad. But, you know, when you look at the 2099 titles, what was the best title? 
it, it also, I think it shows a little bit that the character is, it, it crosses so many different genres, science fiction, um, uh, I, I, Spider-Man is a concept that uh, is generally, uh, gra- people gravitate to more than the other concepts, more than the X-Men or even the Avengers, I think. Everybody, if, if like even with the MC2 universe, yeah. the one, the last man standing is the Spider-Man concept. Yeah, and, and think of it, so. think of it this way. I mean, like a lot of, of takes on other popular characters, there's very few po- takes on different characters that wind up being popular. Beta Ray Bill is a good example of one that's popular. On, on Thor. People loved Beta Ray Bill. Thunderstrike, not so much. Yeah. Maybe some folks who first started reading in the 90s liked him, but people who have been around for a while were like, what, you know, WTF is this. <laughs> um, Teen Tony, you oh, know, yeah, from Iron Man. You know, that's typically reviled even by the hardcore of Iron Man fans. Yeah. Um, but when you get to Spider Man, mm-hmm. Spider Ham is popular. Ben Riley is yeah. popular. Why, I don't know. <laughs> Venom is popular. I mean, these are all different takes on the character. Yeah, Spider-Man War is is popular. Yeah, that I I got to like him from the video game. That's why I, I started liking so him. I, I, but yeah, there's ver- the, the dozens of variations of Spider-Man is popular. It's it's not. Uh, yeah. Uh, is there a spider a version of Spider-Man people don't like? That's that's well, the bigger I, question. Versions of Spider-Man I don't like. Well, I know, but. Generally, people that would hate. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, anyway, I think of one where people are like, "Oh my God, not this one again." Oh, I, you know. Yeah, I can't either. So anyway, all right, my turn. Let's tackle uh, speaking of the Ultimate Universe. Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man number four, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Marquez. Basically, the story opens up with uh, Katie Bishop. She's upset that Miles told her that he's Spider-Man. She ran away in the last issue. Now she runs back to her house and she runs into her sister runs uh, into her bedroom and her sister Misha. Uh, asks what's wrong with her, and within an hour or so of running away from Miles Morales, Katie Bishop tells her sister that Miles is Spider-Man. So there goes that secret identity being spread around a little bit, and uh, the sister warns that uh, she's got to break up with Miles, and you can't tell Mom and Dad because you're going to die. It's dangerous to be a girlfriend of of uh, a superhero. The last Spider-Man died, and etc., uh, cut to Norman Osborn fighting Miles in front of Aunt May's house, where Peter Parker originally died. Uh, Norman asks if uh, Miles is here to devote himself to Norman or Parker because, uh, I guess he said, quote, he helped birth them into the world. And Miles uh, basically says, up yours, daddy. <laughs> and uh, Miles uh, gives Norman some new tricks in the fight, like a sting on the back of the neck. And he also breaks out his invisibility uh, factor, and Norman's like, the other one didn't have that. That's that's different. So the uh, the news crews pick it up. We've got a, a helicopter overhead. We've got uh, several reporters on the ground broadcasting this fight across the Ultimate Universe. Aunt May's watching on television, along with Gwen and Mary Jane and Jameson, etc. And uh, Norman finally is able to take... Uh, Miles out by uh, with the flames. Uh, he, he basically burns the kid just a little bit, and and in the smoke and the s- flames surrounding the two fight, uh, Spider-Man shows up in the original costume, the red and blue, and uh, the freaks Norman out. And uh, Miles looks for a spot at the the original Spider-Man and Miles then take on Norman. And uh, this took me out just a little bit. Um, 
Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man webs him up, and Miles looks for a spot on Norman's ankle, and I guess this is where some regular skin is or something, because his, his, <laughs> his, his skin is, is Hulk-like, as we've complained in the past. It's very green, but Nor- uh, Miles spots a spot, and he stings him. And uh, the original Spider-Man goes, what'd you do that for? And Miles is like, wait for it, wait for it. And then, boom, it's like a venom blast or something, and and it drains Norman of all of his powers. And he gets electrocuted, and then he looks spent. And he flies off into the clouds, and the police then land on the ground and tell both Spider-Men to raise their hands, they're under arrest, and... And Aunt May is watching this on television. She's convinced that the one in the red and blue suit is Peter, and he's back for good, and Gwen doesn't believe it. That's how this uh, issue ends. Uh, Some pros. I thought it was a great fight. Bendis, I like his dialogue between Miles and Norman. Uh, Also, I liked the dialogue of the alleged red and blue Spider-Man back, Uh, and that how he showed up out of nowhere. I also like the drama of his supporting cast watching the fight, uh, you can really feel for Aunt May that uh, her baby or her kid is back. The art and the dialogue were another pro. I like both of those. The cons. I got no clue where Miles. <laughs> I don't. I didn't really understand the concept of Miles was looking for a part on Norman that uh, I guess was the uh, on uh, where he could get electrocuted or get the venom blast. I just really didn't understand that. I thought his whole body was a big green Hulk. So anyway, that that was just my. Mo- only minor quip with it. Uh, grade A minus on that one. Miles Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man, is still a great book. If you like the character, it's as good as it's ever been. All right, George, what do you got, sir? Um, I guess I can go ahead and. Um, what do you want me to go? I mean, do you want everything else? I have as multi-part except for New Warriors. Uh, I'll do New Warriors then. Let's go crap tag. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, since we recorded the last episode, New Warriors has officially been canceled as of issue number 12, so we only have a couple more left. Well, it's not a couple more. It's, um, let me see, this is number eight four. here, and I think they're yeah, only, yeah, they're only going to 12. Right. So, yeah, you know, just, you know, several. More than, yeah. more than a few, but not, not a dozen. I don't know. Exactly. Four more issues. Four more issues. Anyway, so, um, yep. New Warriors number eight. You know we've we've not been fans of this book. No. Um, a lot of people. You you know, and I started looking uh, the last time we recorded because you know we had that long segment where we talked about this, mm-hmm. and I started reading uh, up on you know just different fan input on different boards, and and was surprised to see that even some of the reviewing uh, from yep. some of the other sites. I mean, even CBR who typically carries water for Marvel in, at, at any given moment, um, even they're going, well, I don't know what this is. Uh, this is, uh, this is not, we don't want to say this isn't good, but it, yeah, they have like a four out of a, a four or five star rating. It's like middle ground. It's like average. To, uh, so when you, it's not, not been good. Yeah. And it's, uh, I just don't know what it was, and now you have the diehards out there who are just who just like it because it's New Warriors. I I I, ha, I, I think there are some people where quality doesn't matter. It's just they get to see the characters that they like or some of the characters that they liked. You know, from, really, there's only Justice and, and uh, Speedball. Justice, from the silhouette, Warriors. Speedball. A silhouette was in um, uh, some people like Kane being in there, even though Kane's Kane hadn't even been without his mask the entire run. Have you ever noticed that? He what? You haven't seen – I think in the first issue, 
you saw Kane without a mask when they were in Mexico. Okay. Aside from that, he's had his mask on like the whole time. Yeah. But anyway, um, so basically the new war, the new new warriors uh, go after Haichi or Mark or whatever the hell you want to call him. Uh, the dude with the horn. Yeah, even, even – <laughs> well, yeah, horny as Brad calls him. Um, you know, and it's funny, even Speedball – uh, I think I think I think it was Speedball in this issue even talks about how corny his name is Haichi, you know, it's, it's and that should tell you. I mean, I, I, maybe that's Yost's uh, subconscious telling him, "Yo, this name is stupid." When suddenly yeah. he has one of his characters say it, you know. But um, anyway, the new new warriors go after Haichi and Sun Girl's kidnappers in Jakarta. Uh, they eventually beat Lash and his minions, those are the guys that kidnapped him, and forced him to flee. Back at Wondagore, Jake Waffles and Mr. Whiskers, you know, again, because we can't let the sentient beings have their own names, right. tell Nova that he was too late and he sucks. I'm not making that up. That's literally yep. the message that Jake Waffles delivers to Nova. I was told to tell you that you were late, they left without you, and that you suck. <laughs> that comes from... A uh, uh, part dog, part man. Yeah. So uh, what does Kane do? Kane uh, gets to hit a couple of people uh, that are part of an armed civilian mob in Jakarta, including kicking a lady in the face on the stairwell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Review D. This book can't be over fast enough. It really cannot. What, is there any pros out of it? No. No. I'm trying. I'm trying to think myself. Thing, um, the pacing's awful. The the, yeah. the, it lacks characterization. Name me one reason. Ha, 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 have we been given any reason to give a damn about any of these people? Well, when I was reading, I was thinking of how you talk about why are they a team? Why? And and at one point, um, uh, Vance Astor, what is his name? Justice. Um, Justice. Justice says warriors this or warriors do that, kind of like they're an Avengers team. But we have no motivation why they are a team. Uh, last we saw Kane, he wants off of it as fast as he can, but he's taking orders? What? Yeah. Uh, the, there's no reason why they're a team. We don't understand as a reader why they're a team. No. There's uh, there's no cohesion. You know, there's no reason to give a damn aside from nostalgia. You yeah, know, I mean, exactly. Kane got to break somebody's arm in this issue, which was kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's true. That was there's your pro. But, I mean, but you know, so if you're a Kane fan and you have to see what Kane does, you're gonna buy this right. book. You're gonna pay. You know, oh god, I forgot how much this thing costs now. Three ninety nine. They're all three ninety nine to all, see Kane break break an arm and talk in a couple of panels. Well, they uh, that was that wasn't he teamed up with Speedball at the time when he was doing that. Oh, they were all together at the same at the same time. Oh, okay. I just thought Speedball and uh, Kane were talking. But anyway, I, I would agree with your D. It's just we don't care, and, and it's just another failed attempt of uh, the New Warriors reunion. Yeah. Uh, speaking of failed attempts, do you want me to go or you want you want to go? Um, I'm trying to think of what else I, I have that's failed. Uh, I may as well do Guardians of the Galaxy. Cause I think no, that's, that's – huh? That, here, let me, let me do uh, – Five things left to review. Here I'll. Oh, what do you want? You want me to go? Or you have want to one go? left or two left? I've, I've got two issues left. All right. Well, I let me do this, and I can rest my voice while you do those. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. You got Guardians, which isn't that bad a book, uh, no. but there's no relation to Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and you know, I've been critical of the Guardians run. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like. I haven't liked anything Bendis has done on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed seventeen and eighteen. Uh, 17 was uh, written by Bendis. It had, uh, had art by uh, Nick Bradshaw and Michael Oming. Uh, 
And uh, number 18 was Bendis and uh, Ed McGinnis. Yeah, and, I mean, good. both the stories are good. They're, they wind up being good guard, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy stories, and they make more sense than the book has in a while. Um, they have very little to do with Venom. Yeah, Venom made like two pages worth of appearance. Yeah. In the shadows at that. Um, so in Guardian 17, Carol, and for people who aren't familiar with the fact that I, when it comes to Ms. Marvel or whatever she calls herself now, Captain Marvel, I don't know what her new name is. Isn't there a new Ms. Marvel now? She's like some kid. I think she's Captain Marvel now. Okay, well, I call her Carol. Okay. I call her because I have a deep personal connection with Carol. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, there's a lot of sites saying right now that there's rumors that they're going to have new folks popping up in this and that Carol might be one of them. And Avengers 2. Katie, Katie Sackhoff, please. The internet says so. <laughs> I, I would not be hurt by that. Uh, no one would. So uh, anyway, Carol helps Star-Lord escape Spartex. That's uh, the planet where his father's emperor. Uh, and begin to gather the rest of the Guardians. Remember, they've been spread out because they uh, they wound up getting captured and then given to different uh, Marvel. We're getting, the, we're getting the band back yeah, together. Yeah, we're getting the band back together. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Back in the Badoon homeworld, Gamora and Angela have basically, I guess, conquered it. I don't know. Um, you see all these dead things, and then you know they're talking to Star Lord via deep space communications, and Gamora's talking about how bored they're getting while Angela's gutting somebody. Right. Again, Angela, why is she here? She she's another thing where well, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, anyway, so they're on the Badoon homeworld. Uh, Star Lord and uh, Carol swing by to pick them up. Then the Kree return Rocket Raccoon over to Star-Lord and tell them where Groot is on a planet called Rigel H. So they go to get what's left of Groot so he can heal back up. Uh, and then, as it, almost like an afterthought, they're like, oh, wasn't there somebody else? Are we forgetting someone? Oh, that guy. That new guy, Flash. Yeah, whatever happened to him? <laughs> oh, yeah, I left him on that, on that place. Tony and, and Cap are going to be upset. <laughs> so yeah, so they go back to nowhere, and uh, which is a giant dead celestial head, the severed celestial head. That's a space station. Yeah. Which, by the way, I loved that that was in the movie. I did too. Oh, I thought that was God. Cool. I loved that. And yeah. um, and uh, there was a celestial in the movie too, wasn't there? Yes, they blasting. Yeah, yeah. we actually got to see a celestial, dude. I got, yeah, I got I giggly. That was kick ass. I was. Yeah. I was. That that whole movie was just. Just chock yeah. full of so much goodness. You wound up loving it, didn't you? I, I, I didn't love it as much as you did, but I, I liked it a lot. I should, I should have known that. I should have known you, that, you, that would be the right. You, no, no. You, if, if you, you probably are an A plus on it, aren't you? Oh, I'm a, I'm in whatever is above A plus. I, I, I'm probably an A minus or B plus on yeah, it. I, I don't get it. But I loved Amazing Spider-Man two, and you did not. So that, we have, we have different tastes. A yes, little bit, but, I think that's. That's a good way to say. But that. no, I I enjoyed the movie a lot. It's not my favorite Marvel movie by far, but I enjoyed what it is. Did you enjoy the cameo at the end? Oh yes, I did. That here, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Guardians, we're going to talk about it just a little bit. <laughs> uh, what would have been cooler is um, oh, let me pull up her name. Hold on. Uh, the movie. Okay, what I think what I think would have been just blow your socks off cool is if at the ca- cameo at the end uh Leah Thompson came out with Howard the Duck. <laughs> okay, Leah Thompson's 197 years old now, Brad. No, I just well, she could have Howard and her could have been trapped in the collectors 
the vault since 1986 when that movie came out. I just think that would have been so cool. I don't know what Leah Thompson looks like now, but that would have just been neat. Okay, the name of the character is Beverly Switzer. Exactly, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, Leah, Leah, I mean, Leah, don't get me wrong, Leah Thompson's a handsome woman. Leah, Leah Thompson's too old to play uh, 20, a 20-something girlfriend. Well, I just think it would have been a nice homage to the original Howard the Duck movie. Like, yeah, that one's in our that one's part of the Marvel universe. Mm. I just think that would have been cool. I was just shocked. I wasn't expecting Howard the Duck to be there. I I steered clear of spoilers. Oh, I I was spoiled by the on this end. movie. I I didn't know a damn thing going into it other than the the first two trailers. I didn't yeah. watch any of the clips. I didn't read anything about this damn thing. And when I saw that, my my jaw dropped. I was like, what am I even seeing? It's Howard the Damn Duck, son. And, and then I was like, there's nothing Marvel is scared to do. <laughs> I was like, Marvel just doesn't give an F. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, and we've pointed this out before. We have DC like, oh, well, I don't know about a Wonder Woman movie. And then Marvel's like, we got a raccoon with a gun. <laughs> you know, that just did nothing but underscore that point more. So you wouldn't have liked to see Leah Thompson in it? No. I think that would have been. I mean, I like Leah Thompson. I don't want to see her as Beverly Switzler. I just think it would have been even, even even the same suit that they used in the Howard the Duck show, uh, the Howard the Duck movie. I think would have been cool if they could have used Howard, the actual Howard costume from back from back in the day. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that would have been. Neat. You know, he did his but, voice hey, in the Guardians. Oh, uh, Seth. yeah, Seth Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to Venom. Let's let's sum it up. The meanwhile, Venom back to Spider. Meanwhile, back to satellites. Back to so the spider Guardian, satellites. Which the Guardians of the Galaxy crawlspace. <laughs> getting back to Guardians of the Galaxy, which has nothing to do with Venom. That's my ro- role as a host. Get it back on track, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So they uh, they go to look for Venom back on nowhere, and they can't find him. And they're like, "Well, we hate to leave a guy behind, but uh, onward." You know, and you kind of see Venom. <laughs> For like a yeah. couple of panels, and he's off in the shadows, and it's, it looks like he's kind of got some squirrel, squirrel, scroll things happening. He ate a squirrel with the costume, um, and yeah. uh, and then that's it. That's all you see of Venom and Guardian. That's so, what did Venom see. do? You know, because you always have me break it down. Break it down. What did Venom do? Why? If you're only buying the book because of Venom, Venom is in two panels hiding in the shadows. <laughs> that's it. Wait a minute. He's on the cover. He's he's. He he's got a big face on the cover. Oh yeah, they'll put him on the cover. They'll put him on the cover and try try to get your money, you know. Yeah. And 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 then they'll know they'll count on you to do it the next month too when he's not even in it on one page. Right. They don't care. I here's the thing and, and you know number 18 just to summarize it number 18 Gomorrah has a sit-down talk with Star-Lord about what happened between him Nova and Thanos in the Cancerverse uh, which was at the end of what the second annihilation. Yes. Well, or, or was was it at the was end of the Thanos imperative? Or was it War of Kings? I've lost track of all the. Yeah, it, it's confusing where where Nova died or Nova allegedly died. Right. Uh, and so, or maybe it was at the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy original series. Yeah, um, I'm confused. Anyway, we're trying. We're getting back to that mystery. And so yeah. this was the first of a two-parter. He's like, well, and so to find out what happens next, you have to wait next month. You know, and you're like, oh my. Wow. Okay. So we have potentially now two more. Another issue where Venom probably won't. Yeah, I don't think Venom's going to be in the next twenty. Won't show up. <laughs> now I gave both of these B pluses because they were actually good Guardians of the Galaxy books. And I, yeah, I, I like. For once, I wasn't disappointed by Bendis. I was like, okay, no, these were good. 
you know, yeah. you're this has a little more focus to it, and this is good. Yeah. Venom is absolutely extraneous to these titles. Well, they, it sounds like they they put him on the team in anticipation of the symbiote. That's story the only reason they put him on the team was because right. Bendis wanted to do a Planet of the Symbiotes thing, and I'm like, well, how, why not? You got to do this. You got to do this original sin thing first, though. Why put Flash onto the team? Why not just have Flash wind up there somehow, or wind up with you guys right before it happens? Don't bring him onto the team and make people think he's going to be part of it. He's not part of the team. He hasn't done jack shit with the team. He went and bought guns, he went and bought the, guns in the NRA, NRA world. <laughs> that's literally all that's happened. The only people he's interacted yeah. with has been like Drax and I think like Star-Lord and Rocket for the bit. Yeah. Real quick, Guardians uh, tangent. Uh, are you picking up the Racket rac- Rocket Racket Raccoon? Raccoon? The Racket. That's a spinoff. The Racket Raccoon. The Rocket Raccoon ongoing. Uh, I, no, up. isn't that Bendis 2? No, no. That's Scotty Young. It's really no, good. No, I, I, I haven't. I've really stayed away good. from anything ancillary. I and I, I didn't pick up the Star-Lord ongoing, but uh, I, kind of after seeing the movie, I kind of wish I did. But I'm not going to get another, <laughs> Chris Pratt, another that, book. I'm that Chris Pratt, he's, he's something, I tell you. He was funny. Oh, man, he was, he was really, really he, good. Real good. Uh, the humor and the music made that movie for me, and, and I think <clears throat> a lot of people. So. And, and Drax, my God, Dave Bautista did such a good job. Yeah, they all they, they all, all did. Really but I, I tell you what, no, I, and I knew that this was going to be the case going in, but I didn't realize to the extent that Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Oh, son. <laughs> Hailing frequencies open for her. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, on screen. There you go. All right, let me interview some. Uh, let me let me talk about some crap. I'm not going to interview some crap. I'm going to talk about some crap. Uh, all new Ultimates number six and seven rumored to be canceled at issue twelve. That hasn't been confirmed. Like. Uh, New Warriors and Superior Foes, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, all New Ultimates, written by Michael Fife, Art by Am- Amilcar Pena. Uh, basically the story, Bombshell, still pissed. So she's burning down the house, uh, like the 80s, 80s song, that uh, Cloak and Dagger, that's Cloak and Dagger's church she's burning down. She's upset over the death of her boyfriend, Poey. I don't think we know much about Poey. I don't remember him in the Ultimate book. But uh, we should really care because Bombshell is burning down the house. Inside the church, there are dozens of characters that we don't care about that are dying in the fire. I don't care about that. There's the serpent scroll drug dealers. And then there's the Scourge, who's a vigilante. He's trying to help, help knock them out, too. Scourge rushes into the church and starts blowing away the plot holes and the characters we don't care about. Miles is dodging fire. He's he's on fire this month. He's got a, the goblins after him, and then the bombshells bringing a church down on top of him this month. And uh, he uh, Miles takes on the ultimate crossbones, which is a Captain America villain. Uh, Miles has some okay quips, but isn't able to stop crossbones. And then crossbones gets Miles by the throat and is going in for the last kill. And then the scourge stabs him in the chest and. Uh, Crossbones is bleeding in the sewer, which is underneath the church where the fight was happening. As a thank you, Miles webs up the Scourge for saving his life, and uh, Crossbones escapes bleeding into the sewer. Cloak decides he wants some bad heartburn, so he opens up his cloak, and he takes in all the fire from the church, which uh, diminishes the burning of the church if you take a whole bunch of heartburn. Uh, the the all-new Ultimates leave the church, and uh, they leave it for the firefighters to... Uh, bring the water on and take it out, and, and Bombshell reveals that she's upset that she never told Poe that she loved him. 
Okay. Uh, pros. Miles felt a little bit more Miles-ish in this issue. He had some good quips with Crossbones. That is it for my pros. Cons. Too many characters. I, I This has been my biggest complaint. Uh, like we were talking about with 2099, Peter David uh, puts chess pieces on the boards, but you understand what the chess pieces are. You know a little bit about them. With this... It's like the guy just dumped a whole box of Cheerios on the chessboard. There's so many people in this book that we don't care about, that they're getting off left and right. I'm very confused who they are, and I'm, I'm happy when half the cast is dying. <laughs> who, who is Poe? Why do we care that he's dead? There's no emotional investment in him. For the reader, uh, we're told that we're supposed to care about him because bombshells ticked. I don't give a shit. <laughs> anyway, wow. D, D out of me, this is slightly better than issue 7. Mm. Uh, all new Ultimate 7. Uh, Michael Fiffy is still writing it. Art by a person I've never heard of, and this is a hell of a name that I'm going to fumble, so I apologize. Uh, Giannis... Milo Nagagimas. Milo no Giannis. There you go. That's about as good as I can do. The story, the Ultimates, they decide to head back to the sewer to look for the crossbones. And then they run into Vermin, because he likes to be in the sewer. But this Vermin in the Ultimate Universe, kind of like the Goblin, looks like the Hulk. So the Vermin is not a, a rat-looking dude in the sewer. He's a big old bulky dude. Uh, we then have name tags next to every single character appearing in this book. This is Miles Morales. This is Shadow, uh, not Shadow Cat, uh, Kitty Pride. This is the cops. This is Vermin. This is there. There literally has got to be a dozen little hi. My name is little uh, icons next to all these characters because evidently he's the writers realize that we can't keep track, so we need a flowchart. You know, it's like uh, <clears throat> Avengers books now. They yes, they have talk full of people now. Yeah, that you have to have that on the page. And you're like, who the hell is that guy? Exactly. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, back in the day, you just could recognize him. Right. Anyway, all the characters and all the detectives uh, have name tags, and, and uh, we cut to the detectives, who are three people that I really have no clue who they are. We don't have any background to them. They're just kind of investigating the uh, the serpent group, uh, and they're they've they've arrested Scourge. Uh, thanks to uh, Miles wrapping him up and webbing, and, and uh, they're grilling him why he is a vigilante, and he kills, and he, they want him to name his victims, and he says, I can't count that high. So Scourge reminds me a lot of the Punisher. Uh, then we cut uh, to the, the Ultimates in the sewer again, and they run into a zombie in the sewer. And we find out it's a corpse of a cop from a few issues back. And I guess that's from the first issue. I really don't know much about that cop. I don't remember. It's, what, was seven months ago when I read that book. This is issue seven. Uh, then Spidey says, you know what? I think I'm going to try to talk to a zombie. He's not been watching much Walking Dead, evidently. But uh, he tries to talk to the zombie. And as he's doing that, they run into another character who I have to read his name tag next to the panel. It says he's Agent Croc, which is very appropriate for this book because this book is a croc. Mr. Croc has a bald head, and on top of his head are rainbow wires connected to his skull. There's a, there's a, there's a yellow, blue, green. It looks like you're trying to hook up the back of your television set on the top of this dude's head, you know? Like the RC, yellow RCA star. cables. He got RCA cables on top of his head. He looks freaking ridiculous. I like how uh, you call that rainbow. 
Well, it's multiple colors. Red, blue, green, yellow. It's all a whole bunch of shit on his top of his head. That's why they call him a croc. Anyway, evidently, they, they fight with Mr. Croc, and uh, Kitty shocks the croc. <laughs> I think that's funny. I wrote that. Uh, Kitty shocks the croc and, and uh, Vermin. And Vermin, uh, they're like electrocuting in the in the water, and and Vermin accidentally wha- whacks Croc's hand off, just like boom, like the f- hand flies off of Mr. Croc. Then the zombie cop heads over and picks up the hand, and he can, and evidently he can read it like a crystal ball. So the zombie can talk and can and and learn a history. This is the weirdest zombie I've ever seen. Uh, and he finds out that Mr. Croc was a low-level S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and he had super soldier serum, uh, tried to inject him with that, and he was tortured, and then they tried to hook an RCA cable up and get an HD signal. Uh, the zombie then realizes that uh, Mr. Croc and, uh, what's his name, Vermin, and the zombie are all Roxxon mistakes. And Roxxon evidently just throws stuff into the sewer, uh, when they make a mistake. So then, cut to the zombie. The zombie convinces the Ultimates to head over to Detective Ori... Uh, I can't... Uh, I, I forgot what... Uh, Orielli's na- apartment, who has been grilling Scourge. And so you, you ha- end on the last page of uh, the te- detective opening his door with a zombie standing there and the Ultimate standing around. Pros. I got nothing. Cons. <laughs> Really, I have nothing that I liked about this book. I apologize for people that say we're so negative, but really, have you read this book? Uh, cons, art. This is some of the worst art I've ever seen. Uh, so, the last two months, I've seen some of the worst um, art in a Marvel book. The last one was a fill-in on the She-Hulk, which has been a very, very solid book. When I read the art for the fill-in art, on that, it reminded me of that Amazing Spider-Man issue with uh, Deadpool. That was some of the worst art I've ever seen. This is up there with some of the worst art I've ever seen by Giannis Milo Nagadnagadada. Anyway. You don't even try. Uh, Milo no Giannis. There you go. That's why, That's my best attempt at his name. Why do I not like the art? There's no backgrounds to the art. His faces are incredibly ugly. The characters are blocky. You can't tell the men from the women. The the uh, the Black Widow, the Peter Parker clone in this book, some just so blocky. Uh, it's just really bad. Uh, also, cons. Who are the, who's the croc? Who's the zombie? Who's the detective? I don't care about any of them. I want to enjoy the team. I want to. I want That's why the best issue so far of this series has been when the girls went on like a vacation where they went to the beach you you got to get some interaction and get in the heads of the the the, the main characters of this book i want to know i want it from a all new ultimates i want to get a book where miles morales is interacting with people his own age this book is not delivering it it's delivering uh storylines about the serpents a, a zombie cop uh, the Scourge, the Dr. Croc, Agent Croc, uh, a Hulk. Uh, there's nothing about the main characters that we're learning or we're enjoying. And when they interact with all these characters we really don't care about, we really just don't care about the book. Grade F on this one. Mm. Horrible. Just what a wasted attempt of putting Miles on an Avengers-type team. Or even like a – it's insulting now – and even like a New Warriors team. <laughs> 
a 90s New Warriors is what I'd like Miles to be on. You know, it so. makes me think sometimes. Yeah. If, you know, including a character on a team is something that the editor kind of mandates and says, well, no, we, you know, put this character on there. And then a writer is like, but I don't have anything that I think I can really wrap around this character. Well, tough. Put him on there. This character is going to be in that book. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Because, I mean, then that's going to come through in the writing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you think this writer didn't have anything to say about (laughs) Spider-Man? Well, maybe. Yeah. You know? Maybe so. Well, don't you agree that the best team books are where you are first-personing the characters in the team? Like the best Avengers stories are where Cap does something cool or Iron Man does something cool. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you want to see them do cool things, but I mean, at the same time, you you hope that Hawkeye contributes somehow. Exactly. I mean, that's why they're team books. Everybody should be able to get to do something. Right. You know, and and with, when you have a team book, I, I think you already have a lot of people in the cast. By adding even more supporting characters to around it, it's just kind of yeah, it gets it, lost. It's getting cluttered. Yeah, yeah, it's very cluttered. I think that's the <clears throat> biggest complaint of this book. It's weird. I don't think Marvel could do anything like uh, Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, <sighs> I don't think that I don't think that they could uh, the way that DC does. What's your thoughts on after? Because you haven't read these. What what do you think of the my, my my uh, describing them to you. What do you think of the ultimate ultimate? None of it makes me even the remotest bit, you know, interested. Yeah. And and wanting to read any of it. But then again, I get that same thing when you review the ultimate Spider Man or, you know, Miles oh. stuff. So I just well, I mean it's I mean, ultimate it's it's ultimate. It's a it's a dead issue yeah. to me anyway. I mean it's a non starter, so I know, but literally both of these books in the Ultimate Universe are yin and yang. Like, Miles is as good as it gets, and Ultimates, all new Ultimates is as worse as it can get. It's just really sad. It's funny, again, that uh, um, just be, you know, for the way the la- you know, things have gone for the last several years, the best Spider-Man that we've seen for a while was actually not Spider-Man. It was Dr. Octopus, and over in the Ultimate Universe, it turns out that uh, the Spider-Man that everybody likes now is not, yep. is not Peter Parker. Yeah, you know, crazy. I, I, well, I mean, it, it's not crazy because I and I pointed it out before. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I think it really remarks back on on editorial decisions and things that mm-hmm. they've done. Uh, more in the case of six one six, lesser extent, I think on on right. ultimate. Cleanse my palate with some superior foes. <laughs> cleanse your palate, Cl- please. Cl- cleanse my palate with three good issues. Wash away the the bad. Wash away the hate. <laughs> now you've uh, you've read thirteen and fourteen, yes? I, yes, I have not read fifteen. Okay, that came out just as we're recording this on uh, September sixth, and this came out on September third, right? Fifteen did. Uh, yes, the September third. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. So, uh, Superior Foes number thirteen, Unwanted House Guests by uh, Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. Basically, again, I'm just going to go through the the summary that I actually put through uh, when I actually reviewed yep. it on the front page. Uh, story opens with Mach Seven, that's the former Beetle and ex Thunderbolt Admiral Jenkins, buying furniture. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Mirage, who ha- who was last seen tied up at the in the Chameleon's Lair number twelve, makes an emergency call. Uh, to Abner to save his butt, because Abner's apparently the parole officer for a lot of current villains. Yep. And he interrupts a- Abner's uh, furniture shopping. Abner arrives at the, or hang on, let me stop there. 
<clears throat> so you read this. Remember, I reviewed it on the front page and briefly talked about it, I think, on one of the pod, other podcast episodes. Uh-huh. That moment when he when Abner is exiting the shopping, the, the furniture store, mm-hmm. was the hardest I have ever laughed from a comic book. Refresh me with the scene again. Where he's trying to leave, and then he, he knocks all the shit over. Mm-hmm. And then he stops, and he looks at that gal, and he's like, I have to go fight crime now. <laughs> After he's just broken like a ton of shit everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it was just hysterical. I died laughing. I, yeah. I really thought I had internal bleeding. I was laughing. <laughs> and I did. I was like, Nick Spencer's just killed me. Yeah. <laughs> Send the medical Not Nick bill. Spencer, this Send- I guess it'd be Steve Lieber. Steve, both of them I really did. Both of them assisted in the homicide. <laughs> if you read this book already, then you know what I'm talking yeah. about. It is hysterical. Yeah, it's very oh, funny. Oh, God. So Abner arrives at the scene of the epic battle from uh, the end of issue 12. Remember where the Sinister 16 mm-hmm. uh, invaded uh, Chameleon's hideout. Uh, but before Abner can get any more answers from Mirage, uh, he's kidnapped, or Mirage is kidnapped, by a, rubber, by a chameleon wearing rubber gloves. Who pulls him into an ambulance and telling uh, that telling Mirage he's about to feel a slight pressure. <laughs> yeah, it was a very very funny couple of panels, you know. And you almost feel sorry for Mirage. Oh yeah, dude. Because you know Mirage is just in a bad place. Yeah, yep. he's a, he, you know. Come a come a come a come a come a chameleon. <laughs> about to turn him into a meat puppet. <laughs> Call me Jim Henson because you're about yeah. to be my mother. <laughs> is about to know how Kermit the Frog feels every day. Oh man! <clears throat> so uh, down in the down in the sewers, hysterical. It's a shame this book is canceled. I know it really is, and I'm hoping that Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber get to do something else. I don't want yeah. them. I don't want them wasted on DC. You know, with one of these whatever 52 things. Just let them have something else at Marvel because they are gold. Gold, gold. You know, I don't buy a lot of indie stuff at all now. I just don't because um, I don't read a lot of stuff anymore, period. But um, I would do something. If they wanted to do something for Image or some kind of indie title, I would pick it up. Yep, they sold you on it. Yeah, there. I'm there. I'm there, dog. <laughs> so, and what's funny was I wasn't even reading this, remember? You're right. I, I convinced you. I'm like, George, this stuff is gold. You got. I wasn't up. reading this. Yeah, and, and when we were yeah. talking about it on the earlier satellite uh, episodes, yeah. I was like, all right, I'll give it a go, and I'm glad I did. It was just, yeah. it's, it's, you know, for the while before Spidey 2099 came out, we all we can we always said, you know, month after month, this is the best book, the best Spider title coming out of Marvel, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to the issue. Uh, down in the sewers, uh, Boomerang regroups with Overdrive and the Beetle. Uh, Fred walks in. Again, Fred is what I call the Beetle because that's his name. It's just funner to call him Fred. <laughs> Fred walks in on a conversation between uh, Beetle and Overdrive in which we learned that while they were searching for their double-crossing boss, the two engaged in a little knocking of the boots. Yeah, yeah. A little hanky-panky. Oh. Get it, get it. <laughs> dip, in, dip in your pen in the company ink. There you go. You know? what, what's a Beetle uh, uh, innuendo? Flapping your wings? I, I, I don't. I don't know. I've never thought about that, and I'm proud of it. Uh, but we also learned that Overdrive is apparently, is apparently an, an early finisher, so to speak. If you, if you get me, yeah, gets a little too excited, maybe. He only gets the first. Yeah, then get in the second gear. Yeah. So when uh, when Hammerhead and his mafia gang arrive at Shocker's apartment, 
uh, we find out that Silvermane's head isn't really all that thrilled with the prospect of being returned to uh, to back to his former gang. You know, yeah, he's living the good life. He was enjoying pizza or lasagna night. You know, he yeah. likes watching his stories on the TV. He's like a he's like a regular old person. Hell, I'm like that now. I like just being being at home and sitting and watching my TV show, you know, watching my stories. Yeah, right. You know, and just kicking back with a uh, with a sandwich or something. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So um, he's really just fine, you know, so long as he's got somewhere that's got great cable and where somewhere where he can watch Bones. And I'm like, dude, I'm right there with you. I love Bones. <laughs> Bones is a hip show. Yeah, you know, and it's got that uh, Emily Deshaniel on there. Oh. Yeah, woof. Have not seen it, but I know it's. Oh, Bones about. is awesome, Brad. You should watch Bones. Yeah, I'm serious, dude. I got so many shows. <laughs> I got so many shows, and the Bones ain't one. Uh, <laughs> I got 99 shows, and the Bones ain't one. <laughs> We're in a great time now for TV. Oh, dude, you know what I'm getting through? That's been on my DVR since May is uh, uh, all 12 episodes of 24. Oh yeah, the most recent 24. That's that's the show I'm getting through at the moment. Loving it. I love 24, but I I don't know. I kind of gave up on it. Um, oh, I've been there since day one. I don't know. I can't remember when it, exactly when it was. But there was a point where I was finally like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> but those first, like, five seasons were really strong. Yeah. Um, I, anyway. Anyway. I, anyway. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, back at Silver Bank. So his hammerhead and his goons open fire on Shocker's apartment. Uh, I almost said headquarters or lair, but really it's just an apartment. Just the shocker. A rent control apartment, yeah. Silvermane convinces Shocker to uh, get the two of them out of harm's way. So Shocker uses his vibro gauntlets to actually propel the two of them out of the apartment using shock waves. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to escape a very sad yet determined hammerhead. Uh, Shocker and Silvermane wind up at a safe house, which turns out to be the very safe house that Fred and the rest of the Sinister Several have arrived at. And that is where the issue ends, and it is an A+. Um... The the issue did something I never thought was possible. What? It made me it, it gave a history to overdrive, and I'm like, well, that's I, uh, humanization of overdrive is okay. Next, we didn't that's, get that's fourteen. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm jumping. You're really getting ahead of it. <laughs> I apologize, but I enjoyed. I, I, Amazing Spider-Man didn't give us an origin of overdrive. I, no one wanted one. <laughs> I know they didn't. <laughs> he's a lame villain. I know. There is a reason he's with the Sinister Several. I know. It's just – I'll be damned. All right. So, well, let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, number 14, then. Yeah. Um, another month, another chapter in the lives of the Sinister Several. So they're all back at the safe house, and you have sh- you have Shocker and Silvermane's head hiding in the shower, yeah. behind the shower curtain. Um, something Beetle might have known before she went to go tank a tinkle on the toilet. <laughs> I, I love that image of her watering flowers. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, okay. So, folks – if you can imagine it in your mind, there's like a, just a tiny, you know, shower, like you know, that might be in the middle of a of a regular house, you know, the guest bath. Yeah. Um. So you have shocker, and it's dark in this in this hideout. You know, they, I guess they don't have electricity. I don't know. Um. So shocker and Silvermane are hiding in the shower with the shower curtain. You know, there's a translucent shower curtain. So and you know, it's a it's a darkened house. They're, well, they're, you know, the, the people who own it aren't home, and they're there wanting to hide out, so they're not going to turn any lights on. Right. So, Beetle has to go to the to the to the bathroom. So she goes and she's sitting on the toilet, and on the other side of the curtain, you've got Shocker and Silvermane, 
trying to be quiet. And shocker, you know, his little thought bubble is someone watering plants. Yeah. Oh. And Silvermane's peeking around the shower curtain to get a yeah, look. You know, Silvermane's a dirty old man. Yeah. So uh, Fred asks Overdrive for an explanation about the Ninja School bus from, oh, God, uh, half a year ago. Right. Um, <laughs> and he gets way more than he bargained for. He gets Overdrive's origin story. Finally, finally. Because the fans did not demand fans, it, but here it yeah. is. <laughs> we learned the mundane truth of one of the brand new versus most dull, lamest villains. It worked, though. I thought it was kind of a cool, lame little origin. No, I, I mean, it was cool. fine. I mean, you know. Yeah. Knowing his master plan was to become a villain and then become a hero. Yeah, like, I mean, it was awesome. It was funny, yeah. I'm like, I get that. His, his, he cited uh, Hawkeye yeah. and Black Widow, and who else did he There's cite? There's precedent yeah. for it. I know. You know. I mean, it's pretty smart. Yeah. So after a thorough and proper mocking by his teammates, uh, Overdrive <laughs> continues to uh, he continues the school bus story. It turns out that he used his car powers, and I wrote here, because <laughs> they really are. They're just they're some of the most confusing WTF powers yeah. that I think I've ever car seen powers. on somebody. And um, that he used his car powers to get both himself and Beetle away from Mister Negative's uh, goons, who are you know they're like giant dudes wearing oni masks. Onis are those Japanese ogres. Right. All the while avoiding bullets, fauna, and distractions such as alien mud people. This is actually a hilarious two-page spread. Yeah. So they 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 do these. It's always fun. The two-page spreads. Oh, the two-page spreads are awesome. Yeah. Always good. And or or as some people call them double splash pages. So yeah. it just shows them their route through the city and all all the things that you know the several attempts you know derail them from during the chase and they are waylaid by jackassery. Around every corner, but Overdrive manages to get them through this. All the while, they've got the the uh, Mister Negative's Japanese ogre goons chasing them in cars, shooting at them. Uh, and it's funny, and it's it's very entertaining. Yep. And so so after they get through, or he he uses his powers to get him and Beetle through the through all this. And after that. Beetle is instantly hot for overdrive. I guess the you know the, the endorphins are are going or whatever. Yep. She wants to get under the overdrive. Gets, the adrenaline is up. Yeah, she wants to go from zero to sixty, right? Yeah. But the passion is short lived. Very very short lived. So this is what we were so heard about you know from the last issue, from issue uh, thirteen, where uh, where Fred was listening to the two of them talk. So while you know Mr. Negative's goons catch up to him, Overdrive's embarrassed because he's having performance issues. You know, and and he tells her after he exerts himself, meaning after I have, oh, you know, oh this was classic. After yeah. after I have you know really good vigorous sex for twenty five seconds, um, my powers <laughs> my, fade. My powers are gone. Well, and they got to recharge. Yeah. So Beetle takes the initiative. Uh, to try to get him out of harm's way. She starts dirty talking to Overdrive. And then it, the powers are suddenly working. And suddenly yeah. his powers are back up. He has his mojo, and they make a fast getaway. That's just a st- – I laugh. And they're doing way. it in a school bus full of children. Exactly. It's just so wrong. And there's ninja stars <laughs> and swords all over this damn bus. Love this damn book. No, I know. It's it's fantastic. Just love this book, man. And all of this is met with howls of laughter from uh, from Speed Demon and Fred. Yeah. Now the one thing that didn't work for me in this book. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, you got a negative. I do have a negative, and it dropped the grade. 
uh, was uh, Speed Demon's story about what happened with the dog. Basically, he saw that there was a hundred dollar reward for the dog, and if you remember, he he basically stole a dog from a kid early in the series. And when he sees that there's a hundred dollar reward, he takes the dog back to the owners, the little girl and her mom, to, takes the food, the leash, and everything else, and then robs them of the hundred dollar reward money. Mm-hmm. So he stole the dog, then returns the dog for the reward. Uh, now that's that's on target for Speed Demon's personality, but the three pages where all this happens are completely silent with no dialogue, no narration, no anything. And I that for me was a misstep. I wanted I wanted a little because Speed Demon's funny. I wanted some internal monologue from him, and that made me raise an eyebrow and go, hmm, I'm a, almost like it was a little rushed, okay. you know, to try to finish the issue. Anyway, um, as the uh, gang decides their next move. Laments the loss of the shocker, who they believe at that time is dead, but who's actually in the sh- excuse me in the shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, shower makes his move uh, on his former teammates and blasts them. Sh- shocker, yeah. You said shocker. shower. Shower makes his move. <laughs> I say shower. You said the shower shocker makes, makes his, his move. move in the shower. <laughs> there you go. And uh, blasts them <laughs> and momentarily knocks them out and proclaims, holding the head of uh, Silverman, that he is their new boss. And I gave this one a B. I gave this one a B because, for me, the Speed Demon thing didn't really mesh this time around. And uh, it's still a good book, but those those three pages kind of detracted from the rest of what was going on. That's the lowest grade. I think you've given everything an A yeah. so far. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, except for the fill-in issues, yeah. Oh, that's – oh, I forgot about yeah. those. Yeah, that's those fill-ins were just a shame. Yeah, so um, <laughs> and number 15, uh, Unwanted House Guest, again by Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. Uh, Shocker makes his move, finally, you know, because he, he's knocked out his former teammates. He's proclaimed himself the boss, but he quickly gets, uh, well, what's the word? Jedi mind tricked, sweet talked mm-hmm. by Beale, yeah. uh, who then wastes no time in knocking him out. So his, uh, his glory is short lived. And I, you know, this whole time I've been like, you know, something's going to come around for Herman. Herman's greatest moment we haven't seen yet. And apparently I was wrong. <laughs> Herman gets his moment and gets punked. And then they're all standing around looking at uh, Silvermane's head, you know, wondering what they're going to do. Which leads to a very funny kind of exchange when, you know, they're all sitting around talking about it. And you're like, and they're like, you know, you've always heard, well, we've got Silverman or Silvermane's head, so now we rule the Magi. And they're like, how does that even happen, though? Like, all you have is a head. How are you? How, how are you suddenly in charge by having this guy's head? <laughs> How does that make you in charge, right? Like, and so they, right. they start to think it through. Thank God they have a lawyer on the team. Oh, yeah. Be, yeah, and they're like, well, how is that going to happen? And, you know, and then Fred's like, well, this is embarrassing, you know. And then the Beatle checks Wikipedia, and sure enough, on Wikipedia, under Magia, she finds the uh, the bureaucratic process to start uh, in case you have Silvermane's head and you want to take over. He's like, yeah, you have to make a formal request in, in writing. There's apparently then there's apparently a, a debtor you have to go to to make it official. And then they they take a picture of Silvermane's head, you know, like showing that they have him as hostage and everything. Meanwhile, uh, the owl and the chameleon who have Mirage on the floor, who's just freaking out, you know, because <laughs> he's like, oh my god, you know, the chameleon, the owl, I'm I'm screwed. Yeah, but the chameleon and the owl realize they've been played by Fred and decide to team up, which is probably not good. Probably not good news for Fred. Probably not. Probably not good news for Fred. 
So uh, anyway, uh, the gang later, they wind up burying Shocker in a grave, actually put him in a coffin and put him in the ground, tie, you know, all tied up, and just bury him alive and leave him there. <laughs> and then it, it, it's funny because they put him in the ground and then um, – Who they bury again? Shocker. Oh, okay. They bury Shocker. Oh. And then there's a funny panel because you have uh, Speed Demon and Fred kind of laughing with each other. And Speed Demon says, Fred, don't you think that it's a little in poor taste? I mean, we just did bury our best pal. And then Fred says, no, I don't think it is because you and I both know, above all, Herman would want us to be happy. <laughs> After they just buried Herman alive. Yeah. So then later, the, the Sinister Several celebrating at a bar. And then suddenly the rest of the Sinister 16 from issue number 12, who raided Chameleon's gang with them, you know, like Man Mountain Marco and uh, Shriek right. and Cyclone and that Australian rabbit guy. Or, no, the kangaroo. No, not kangaroo. Who is that guy? I forgot. And uh, they wind up walking into the bar. And they're like, mm. oh, yeah, look, it's these guys that didn't get arrested like we did and had to, you know, who didn't have to make bail. So – a drunken bar brawl ensues, and Fred and his team wins. They overpower the other dudes, and they're kind of shocked by it. They're like, oh, my God, what? Nice. They actually kick a little ass. It's actually kind of cool. And, it, you know, <laughs> I think they wind up – well, you think that they wind up bonding as a team, you know, because they're all laughing together, talking about, you know, how they're going to take over the city, and they're about to be in charge because they're going to own the mafia. And then later on that night, you see – Overdrive talking to Mr. Negative, trying to cut a side deal. Look, I've got Silvio Silvermane's head. You know, do you want this? Right. And then him making his own deal to give Silvermane's head to Mr. Negative. Meanwhile, you've got Beetle talking to her dad, Tombstone, saying, Look, I got uh, Silvermane's head. Here's a picture of him right here. <laughs> You're in business. And then Speed Demon talking to who? Talking to Madam Mask. From Iron Man, huh? Talking to the Iron Man and Avengers villain, Madam Mask, basically saying the exact same thing. Hey, Silverman's head, you got it. And she's like, what's in it for you? And he's like, you're hot. <laughs> and that's how the issue ends with Beetle saying, you know, we just all got to stick together after everybody, or after three of his team members just, you know, started to backstab it. Including her, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's cool. So uh, I give this one, a, this one got an A plus for me. Cool. And it's going to be over in just a few issues, and it's sad. It's sad. Hopefully, it, it gets rebooted or something. The team sticks together. Yeah, hopefully they'll be able to do something. Or even if they just wanted to start a Fred series, <laughs> the boomerang. You know, just boomerang. I would be down for that. Yeah. I would. Yeah. So that's cool. That was the last one, wasn't it? I think so. Unless you have anything else you want. I, I've got. I had three, and I'm done. What? Good month, you think, for this Spider Satellite? Better, or not? better than most. Yeah, uh, at least from the stuff that I read. All new Ultimates and uh, New Warriors still the the worst, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to take your word for it because I don't read Ultimates stuff. Yeah. 